And well, actually, let's start with Hebrews chapter number 13. It's not on here. It's not in our slides. So I'm going to ask everyone to go over there or just listening. listen with me uh, from, uh, you know, just from, from where you're sitting over there. Today, the first question we're going to be talking about is this. Should we only sing... The first question is, should we only sing hymns at church? (laughs) Are we only allowed to sing hymns at church? It's probably a timely question because because, um, of our activity on the 25th. I'm going to give you the short answer, then we're going to read in our text over here. The short answer is, hymns are not the only songs you can sing at church. And I have the term can highlighted over there. Matter of because nobody's going to shoot you or lead you out if you sing something else at church. All right. But there are certain guidelines in the Bible of what we can or what we should sing at church. And not just at church, but just in your own everyday walk with God. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer first before we go forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness and most of all for saving us. We pray, Father, that you would help us uh, open our minds and our hearts. Help give us the desire to learn, not just to, not, not just to puff us up because a little knowledge puff it up. And if there's a selfish desire to uh, debate or to try to tell people we're better than them because of what we know, then that's not what we're, we're asking, Father. We are praying for the desire to learn so we can obey and we can apply in our lives so we can grow in you. Thank you, Lord, most of all for saving us. May everything that is said and done bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, like I said, Hebrews chapter 13 is not on there. As soon as I sent out the slides to Brother Mike, that the next couple of nights I started thinking, oh, that would, be, that would have been a good verse for that. <laughs> so Hebrews 13, um, the Bible says in verse number 15, if you're there, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. So this is, I know this is written in the book of Hebrews, which is, of course, written to the Hebrews. Ah, no-brainer, amen. But, uh, but the verse is talking about a truth that is pan-dispensational. That means it works for every dispensation, meaning in every Periods and dispensations in the Bible, praise, praising God, singing praises and worshiping God is a sacrifice. So we are not interested. We, I don't expect people who are not number one, not saved to understand what we're going to be talking about. Number two, I don't expect people who are only interested that like just 
becoming being Christians every Sunday, not Sunday or Wednesdays, or just whenever it's church time, but they're not interested in learning the Bible or growing in God at all. I don't, and I don't expect Christians like that to in, to understand what we're go, what we're going to talk about here today. So, uh, Hebrews chapter thirteen says, number one, praise is a sacrifice. Right? Number two, let's go to Colossians chapter number three, verse 16. And it's back there, amen. The Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So there's your answer. Brother Francis, can we only, or the, 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 the question actually is, should we only sing hymns at church? Then I gave you the short answer, which is, no, hymns are not the only thing we can. See, I changed the word from, from should to could, all right? Hymns are not the only things we can sing at church. We can sing what? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's your answer. Good night. We're done. That's why I told you that's the short answer. If you're interested, however, it's not that easy, however, you know. That there, there, there's a lot of things about music and praise that we need to learn so we can apply it correctly. So if we look at this, let's, lead, let's read this carefully again, this verse carefully. And then sort of just let's, let's glean from it. Number one, well, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing who? One another. Teaching and admonishing whom? One another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your church to the Lord. No, singing with grace in where? In your heart to the Lord, amen. So learning from Colossians chapter number three, number one, the subject of Colossians chapter number three, verse 16, is the understood invisible you. Second person plural, all right? Meaning, well, sorry, the simple predicate is, the simple verb is let, you let. You let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. All right? Mean, it is also an imperative sentence, meaning it's a command. It is an imperative sentence that we all, all the saved people, because who is speaking? The Apostle Paul. Who is he speaking to? The saved people in Colossae, Colossians. All right? We all should implement this, not just Brother Francis. Amen? Because, hey, I can't implement, I can't, I can't command you, I can't put a system of checks and balances in your heart saying, ah, it's 11.39 p.m. and is brother so-and-so singing this in their heart to the Lord? I can't do that. You have to implement that for yourself. Number two, Psalms. Hymns and spiritual songs come after the word of the Lord dwelling in us richly. 
Remember that? Let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly. So psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs come after the word of the Lord dwelling in us richly. Meaning, what comes first? The preaching or the praising? I'm not talking about the events in the program. All right? I'm talking about what the priority should be. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening online. If your church, if the people in the church come to church because of the music, then you've lost the priority. The number one thing, the priority should be the Word of God dwelling in us richly. That's why I said earlier, that's why my disclaimer earlier was that if people, if, I don't expect people who are not saved, number one, to understand what we're talking about. I don't expect people who don't, who, 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 who don't have any concern about growing up or reading their Bible and learning and applying. I don't expect those people to glean or to... to Learn from what we're talking about right now. The preaching of the Word of God is the main thing. Praise God we have singing. Praise God we have hymns. Amen. And I'm just going to speak freely here. That's what we're supposed to do anyway. Am I allowed to do that? Amen. (laughs) See, the thing is, People get scared when they say, there's this stigma, I guess, in the back of people, people's mind. When they say, uh-oh, traditional worship in their, that church. Number one, people think, number one, those guys might be boring, <laughs> right? Number two, Oh, those guys are just, you can't move at church. You, you just sit down, sit on the pew, and then Brother Bill's over there in the back, and if you fall asleep, he's going to poke you with a stick. <laughs> because churches used to do that, right? Amen. But that's actually not how it's supposed to, and that's not how we are over here. Praise God, the Bible does not command us to be opera singers, <laughs> to praise God. He just said, bring a, you know, give a joyful noise unto the Lord. If it's noise, praise God. But number three, this leads me to number three, the main purpose of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs is to teach and admonish one another in the Lord. So did you not know, did you realize that when you sing Whatever it is you're singing, you're teaching somebody something. You're teaching yourself something, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But Brother Francis, I thought the, the purpose of praising and singing hymns and singing psalms and singing spiritual songs is to sing praise to God and to bring glory to His name. Quick question. Do you think God loses any glory or loses any power if we don't sing to Him? (laughs) The audacity of some Christians sometimes, you know? We think if we don't do something for God, that God loses power or that God's will is not done. However, however, God is glorified when we do preach or teach and admonish one another. Amen. See, number four, 
When we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, we are to sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Amen? That's what's lacking in a lot of liturgical or traditional churches these days. See, uh, like uh, in the back of people's minds, they come to church, they, if, if it's a traditional church and they only sing hymns, that if you're out of key, there might be somebody in the back pew saying, Oh no, there's Brother Francis not hitting all the keys again. <laughs> well, see, that's not having grace in our hearts, is there? Is that? No. We are to sing with grace in our hearts to church. Before we go forward, let's have a review of the three parts of man. You remember this? This is the very first message I preached at this church. Number one, man... Oh, man, I gave away the answer already. Number one, man has how many parts? Three. Three, amen? The body gives us blank consciousness. Starts with the W, ends with an earled. World consciousness, amen? The reason why you brush your teeth. The reason why you take care of your body, I'm not saying these are bad things. The reason why you exercise is because your body is the one that deals with the world. It's the one that interacts with the world. It's the one that can touch. It's the one that can interact with somebody, else, somebody else's body. The body gives us world consciousness. Number two, the soul gives us blank consciousness. <sighs> This is not pop quiz. This is just a review, amen? <laughs> Self-consciousness. That soul, that's you. The body is the shell of that soul. It's like the, the house of that soul. So much so that when somebody sings, say for example, somebody sings up here and you're at the back pew over there at the very top in the, in the balcony, and no matter how many far, let's say, say for example, uh, maybe 70 to 100 feet, the distance, no matter how far it is, and somebody sings a good song over here, and you say, oh, I'm so touched. You know why? I was not, uh, the singer was not able to touch you physically, he was able to touch your soul. Your soul. The, the soul gives us self-consciousness. The spirit, on the other hand, gives us blank consciousness. God-consciousness. Amen. Spiritual death. Again, this is still a review. Spiritual death is not a future event. Some people think that spiritual death is death in hell. Those are, those are, this, those are yes, it's true. One leads to the other, but those are two separate things because spiritual death is a blank condition of the unsaved. Current condition. If you are unsaved, whether you're in here or you're listening online, if you are unsaved, you are spiritually Dead. Sorry to say that, but that's what the Bible says. And going further, John 4, 4 says, God is a spirit and they that worship him blank must worship him in spirit and in truth. It is a requirement. If you are to worship God, you are to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why if you are unsaved, 
No matter how good you sing, no matter what kind of song you sing, no matter if it's a hymn or a psalm or a spiritual song, if you are unsaved, it does not connect. Because the requirement is you must worship God in spirit and in truth. That's why my, again, going back to my disclaimer the very first time, if you are unsaved, I don't expect you to understand what we're talking about. See, many churches, their, primar, their primary uh, reason, their primary objective of existence is just to become a mega church, to have a lot of people uh, come to church and they don't even care if they're saved or not. Sad to say, no matter how good you sing, no matter how long, no matter how hard, no matter how sincere you sing, if you are not saved, it does not connect. Because you are spirit, spiritually dead. Much like the parts of man, man, or sorry, music also has three parts. Music also has three parts, and you probably heard of this before, amen? Um, melody, harmony, and rhythm. Melody, melody is, an, the definition according to the dictionary is an agreeable succession of sound. In short, it's the tune, all right? Melody speaks to the mind or the spirit. So much so, Brother Mike, sorry, I forgot to tell you about this, but so much so that if you hear this tune, you ready for this? I practiced, okay? So I guess I have to have a good, uh, good uh, intro here. That's the intro. I practiced that. So much so, I'm talking about the tune, the melody. If you hear this melody, tell me what song I'm about to play. Remember, I practiced this, okay? So much so that when we were memorizing the books of the Bible, guess what? How, guess how we did it? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Root, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, the books of the Old Testament to the tune of William Tell Overture. Why? When you're memorizing something, guess what's the, the easiest way to memorize it? You sing it. Why? Because the melody speaks to your mind. That's why Colossians 3 says, when you sing, you are teaching and admonishing one another. Did you, love my, did you like my concert? <laughs> Amen. 
Number two, harmony. The, the definition of harmony according to the dictionary is a just proportion of sound. Consonance, musical concord, the accordance of two or more intervals or sounds, or the union of different chord or sounds that please the ear. In short, if the short definition of melody is the tune of the song, harmony is the chord of the sound or the, of, the, of the song. The chord of that specific tune that you're, you're playing. Right? If melody speaks to the mind, harmony, on the other hand, speaks to your emotion. If melody appeals to the spirit, Harmony, on the other hand, speaks to your soul. And that's why when you hear a specific tone, you go, oh, that's Twinkle Twinkle, or oh, that's Baba Black Sheep, or oh, that's the alphabet song. It speaks to your mind. But then when you put harmony to it, instead of going, oh, that's that, you go, oh, how nice. When there's wonderful blending, when the choir blends so magnificently, all of a sudden you're going, oh, that's so pretty. Because harmony speaks to your emotion or your soul. On the other hand, or on the third hand, if we have three hands, amen, <laughs> rhythm, contrary to popular belief, rhythm is not the drums. The drums are instruments that you use to accent or, or to, uh, to uh, focus. Uh, the, uh, there's a word I'm looking for, but I'm just going to stick to that for time's sake. To focus on the rhythm. The rhythm is the proper timing of sound as signified by the time signature. So if you're looking at your books over there, at your hymnals, at the beginning of the song, there'd be four-fourths or three-fourths and stuff like that. All right? Well, says the conservative. <laughs> well, says the Bible. Well, says Brother Francis. Rhythm is evil. That's what they do. That's what they use the drums for. It's so evil. Actually, well, actually, let me ask you the question. Which one is the most important thing out of all three. Well, let me, let, let me rephrase that question by asking another question. See, so you got melody which speaks to the spirit, harmony which speaks to the, to the soul, and rhythm which speaks to the body. So let me ask you this question. You have the body, the soul, and spirit. Which one's the most important out of the three? Well, they're all equally important. Without one, you're dead. Without, without, a, without one of these three, without the melody, without the harmony, without the rhythm, there's no song. There's no music. If I take away rhythm, you want to hear a song that does not have rhythm? Here it is. Ready? Magnificent song, amen? There's no song without rhythm. There's no song without any one of them. There's no man. There's no Brother Francis. There's none of you without any one of your body, soul, and spirit. Every single one of those are co-equal 
really important. The problem is, however, going back to the body, soul, and spirit, most of the time, people focus only on the body. People prioritize the body because they are unsaved. They're spiritually dead. They do not care about spiritual things. Same thing with music. People mostly focus on the rhythm. Right? By the way, music is so powerful. How many of you know who Frank Zappa is? You know Frank Zappa is, amen. But he's a, he's, he actually has a doctorate. He's a really smart guy. Rock and roll legend. He says this. He can, he can create, or music has the power. I, I'm paraphrasing here from the back of my mind. Music has the power to make you throw a punch, even if you did not want to. And music has the power to make you gay without you knowing it. That's how powerful music is. So much so that sometimes when Brother Francis is in the car and then something comes up in the radio, and here I am just focusing on driving and focusing on work or something else, and all of a sudden the music comes on and this is what happens to my foot without me planning it. Or my head. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, Brother Francis is dancing in the pulpit. Nope. (laughs) I'm just saying that's what the power of music is. So much so that do you know that once you get into a um, grocery or a department store or a shopping center, their music is designed for you to be relaxed and go and meander and peruse around and buy stuff. You know why you know why the lunch menus are more are more inexpensive than the dinner menus? Because people are more in a hurry. And that's why the music at restaurants are faster during lunch so you can eat and go back to work. But in the dinner where everything is more expensive, it's more relaxed. That's the power of music and unsuspecting Christians don't even think that that's what's going on. Amen. Here's the thing. They're all equally important. But there is one thing that the Bible said we should focus on. A lot of churches today focus on this. The rhythm. But the Bible says... Well, before that, God says in 1 1 Corinthians 14.33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. People are confused about music. What kind of music should we use? By the way, when people say, Brother Francis, does that mean that you are against contemporary music? The answer is yes and no. What do you mean, Brother Francis? The word contemporary simply means in the same time as you. So we're all contemporaries over here because we exist in the same time. If we're talking about music that is spiritual in nature, 
that exist in the same time. I'm not like, we actually, we sing some of that right now in this church. We sing some Gaither music. We sing, we sing some Southern gospel music, right? That are, that are written in the same time. We don't, contrary to popular belief, we don't only sing old music over here. We're okay with new music. So long as it focuses on the correct one that the Bible says to focus on. Amen. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. God created music so He would know the rules to it. Amen. This is, this is for a totally different subject. I taught, I taught music when I was in the Philippines. And uh, there is a way that Satan... Satan, God created music. Satan cannot create. He is not the creator. God is the creator. He even created music. Satan is not a creator. He is a perverter. So there is actually a way where Satan, where, when, where Satan would pervert all three of those. Melody, there's a way that he perverted that. Harmony, there's a way that he perverted that. Rhythm, there's a way that they perverted that. You know what? You can even, you can even put your hymns, I've tried that before, in the wrong rhythm. If you're in a 4-4, four, four, I'll give you one example, and then we'll go forward. Are you guys still here? Are you, are you learning from this? All right, I'll give you one example. When there's a 4-4, four, it's time signature. All right, of course, he's saying there in, in, uh, in one measure, then there's, of course, four beats. The proper emphasis would be on the first beat and the third beat. Right? Satan who is really good at music, amen. And I'll show you the verse why he's really good at music. He perverts that and puts the emphasis on the second beat and the fourth beat. And that is a rock beat. Right? Jesus loves me, this I know. Pretty standard, all right? Four notes, four beats. Jesus loves me, this I know. If I only, if I only emphasize the first and the third, Jesus loves me, this I know. Sounds normal. What if I did this? Jesus loves me, this I know. The emphasis was on the second and the fourth. Same song, same biblical Christian song, same time signature, same, uh, same speed. But all of a sudden, the first one was like, you were thinking in your mind. I know that song. That song is Jesus Loved Me. Maybe it brought memories of when you, saw, when you sang Jesus Loved Me. But then when I changed the beat to the, the emphasis is on the second and on the fourth, all of a sudden you're like, Jesus loves me. Your body wants to do that even if you, didn't, if you don't want to. Because the rhythm appeals to the flesh. Like I said, Satan is not a creator. He is a perverter. Lucifer had built 
taken musical instruments in his body. That's why it says in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. Not only did he have uh, musical instruments built into his body, he had precious stone. Precious stones. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. This is the sole verse that people use to, to declare that maybe Lucifer, before he fell, was the choir leader in heaven. Was the worship leader in heaven. So he would know how to pervert music. Right? Now... In their individual essence, melody, harmony, and rhythm are all equally important, just like I said earlier, because they cannot exist without the other. But the devil wants us to focus on rhythm because it appeals to the flesh. You know what amusement means? Ah means without. Right? The prefix ah means without. Muse means to think. That's why when you go to amuse yourself, you're just tired of thinking of work. You just want to stop thinking. Amuse means to not think. Our goal here at church is not to amuse anyone. The Bible says we are to teach and admonish one another and make sure that the word of Christ dwells in you do, uh, uh, richly. Amen. And that is why there are so many worldly and fleshly churches around because their music appeals to the flesh more than anything else. You still with me? Definitely not going to get the, second, the, the, the next question, but I'll tell you what it is here later. If melody appeals to our mind, harmony appeals to our emotions, and rhythm appeals to our flesh, and if the main purpose of worship is to teach and admonish one another, question, what do you use to teach and admonish? What do you use to learn? Hopefully our brain, amen, <laughs> our mind, or in the case of Brother Francis, the lack thereof. <laughs> if melody, let me, let, me, let me repeat that. If melody appeals to our mind, harmony appeals to our emotions, rhythm appeals to our flesh. And if the main purpose of worship is to teach and admonish one another, according to Colossians 3.16, which one should save people focus on among the three? That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 5.16, making what in your hearts? Making melody in your hearts. Right? Now, I'm not saying we don't take for granted the other two. I'm just, the Bible is just saying, hey, listen, all music, all those three parts are important, but you want to focus on the melody because that's the one that use that God use that music uses to teach people. 
And that's why in the NIV, the, it, they, they change it from making melody in your hearts to the Lord. It says, making music from your heart to the Lord. Are we learning something today? Hopefully, amen. Look at what the Bible says. What is it then? In um, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So, with this verse, wouldn't you think that praying is sort of like parallel, not sort of, is parallel to singing? When God ordered you to pray, when God ordered or, or taught us to pray, He taught us not to be rep repetitive, did He? Wouldn't you think that'd be, that would apply with singing? Since I think Miss Ingrid was the one, or Brother Bill and Miss Ingrid was the one who told me about the 7-11 songs where there are seven lines and repeated 11 times. When you sing it with the Spirit, by the way, what appeals to the Spirit? The melody. Well, I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding with your mind. Melody appeals to the mind. And so, sometimes you would hear me say, well, I said it today, I would say something like, how many of you, this was the first time you heard that song before? And then sometimes I would actually stop and I would say, D -d listen to what you're singing because, wow, look at the doctrine in that song. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Do you know what you're singing when you're singing it? How many of you know the song, by Barry Manilow called I Write the Songs. That's going to be your homework. Try to figure out what it's talking about <laughs> and who you think he's talking about. Who you think he's singing about. Amen. So, last but not the least here, long answer. We should sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So, we know what psalms are. Those are the psalms written in the Bible. We know what hymns are. Those are the songs in the hymn books. Spiritual songs are not necessarily hymns. They can be contemporary songs. They can be contemporary songs, but they should be written, performed, and the focus should be on the right things biblically. Amen. So we're not, our church is not against uh, contemporary music as long as they're, number one, the doctrine is correct. Number two, written correctly. Number three, the focus is correct, is on the correct thing. Number four, um, it is used to teach and admonish one another. We should sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with the intent of teaching and admonishing one another. So we need to pay close attention to the doctrine of the songs we are singing because that doctrine then gets taught to us by way of the melody. I forgot who wrote, who, 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 who said this quote, but he said, I care not who writes the laws of a nation as long as I can write the music of it. Why? These people, people don't know. A lot of people don't really care about the laws until they get entangled with it. But the songs, 
those things are powerful. You know what I'm talking about. There's sometimes you, you had a favorite song in your childhood that you haven't heard for a long time. And then all of, us, all of a sudden, in a really bright and happy day, you heard that song out of the blue, which was your, which was your theme song with your significant other during that time. And all of a sudden, you're down in the dumps. Songs are powerful. And that's why we would sacrifice to make sure we are doing it correctly. Amen? This is our question for next week. Well, not next week because we have a special speaker next week, the week after that. So come bring your friends and family next week because it's Father's Day. And come bring your friends and family next. Actually, just bring them every Sunday. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Uh, Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time of fellowship. We pray that uh, we've answered some questions today. I know that this is a bigger discussion, and um, we pray, Father, that you would use our church to be a blessing to everyone, um, whether they're in this room or out in the internet land or uh, just people who would be able to listen to this uh, message here in the future. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. We pray, Lord, that we would all have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.